So today we have this uh, gospel from Mark, which is somewhat unusual or strange. Uh, I don't know much about fig trees. I lived in Italy for a couple of years, uh, so I picked up a few bits and pieces from some of the locals about what fig trees are supposed to do, because obviously they're fairly foreign to us. Our amazing Irish climate isn't actually the most conducive to, to figs and that. But uh, apparently, fig trees, once they're established and mature, they're quite amazing little things uh, in that there's always, there should always be something on them you can eat. Right? So even if the proper figs you know, that, that are either green or brown, uh, when they're ripe, uh, even before that stage, there's still a little bud which you can eat, which is still sweet and edible and apparently won't kill you. So there should always be something on a fig tree. So once a fig tree is established, especially in these kind of hot climates, um, that there should be some, it should be able to give you something almost at any time of the year. I think, they, I think they actually have two fruits, two harvest seasons, two crops, if, they call it, if that's what they're called, or whatever. You know what I mean. Twice a year they produce fruit. Um, so they're, they're quite amazing uh, plants. So when Jesus sees the fig tree, obviously he, he's not gone anti-eco-warrior here now or anything, um, cursing nature or cursing trees. There's obviously there's a deeper meaning to this, so we look into that now. He sees the fig tree, there's no fruit on it, and so he curses it. Now, when they uh, return the following day, the fig tree... Again, scripture, the details are important. Most of the evangelists, like, they don't write a whole lot in the sense that they, if you take each individual gospel, it's actually, they're quite short little books. And if you take the words of Jesus out of those, it's basically a pamphlet. I mean, there isn't a lot. There isn't an awful lot of what Jesus said uh, in, in, in the gospels. So that means what is written is important. Okay. So the next morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered to the roots. The roots. So, what's the point of this story? Jesus isn't annoyed at plants. He's not annoyed at nature. He's not annoyed at the, 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 the fig tree for not giving him breakfast. There's something deeper going on here. And the fact that it's withered to the roots is quite important. So, in the writings of St. John Paul II, he speaks about uh, the tree of life. And in this tree of life, we should be grounded in love, okay? So it's like in, in a, maybe in a family environment or a home environment, we're grounded and rooted in love. And then that, that, that grounding, that foundation, should bring about a, a, a trunk, right? A trunk which allows us to grow in maturity in love. So even keep, keep in mind like how a family, in, in the eyes of God, should, should work. Uh, mom and dad teaching the children how to love in, in the trunk then that person then grows up in maturity and love themselves as a teenager as a young man, young woman and then you've got the branches and the fruit so what, what are they? The branches and the fruit are, are the, the, the purity of that love being made manifest exteriorly so through loving relationships, through voluntary work, through charity, through prayer through whatever it is but it's, we're rooted in love we grow in love, trunk and then we produce fruits of love. This is how St. <clears throat> John Paul II described how, how our lives should be. But there's also another tree. This is the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he describes it this way, that that, that tree, its, its roots aren't love. 
its roots are very often ungodly self-reliance, which is a, a, like a version of pride. So we're, we're rooted not in, in love, which, is, which looks towards the good of the other, serving the other, wanting what's best for the other, putting the other's needs before our own. That's, that's what love does, always looks, looks towards the other. Uh, ungodly self-reliance causes us to look inwardly at ourselves. What can I get? What do I have to do? What's, what's my advantage here? What's comfortable for me? I mean, I could love this person, I could forgive this person, but that's not really comfortable, so I won't do it. So this ungodly self-reliance, those, those roots then produce a, a trunk, not anymore now of, of, of maturity, but of sin. Usually the cardinal sins, so whether it's anger or sloth or lust or pride, whatever it is, then that becomes the, 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 the trunk now that the, instead of maturing in love, we're, 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 we're getting used to living in vice. Now, we can, you can see where this is going as regards fruit. How is anything good going to come from that? How, how if we're rooted in ungodly self-reliance, and then that this starts to produce, as I say, anger, sloth, laziness, um, wrath, whatever it may be, then the fruit is going to be not a fruit of, of purity and love, as we saw in, in the tree of life. But now, fruit of pain, fruit of impurity, but not, not in the sense of lust, but it's not selfless, self-giving love anymore. It'll be expressions of anger. It'll be uh, just expressions of actions of self-centeredness. Okay. So the point then of this gospel passage is if you want to bear fruit that's good and wholesome, the problem isn't just the fruit. The difficulty, the, the thing to resolve isn't just the fruit. If I go to confession and you, most of us, thankfully in a way, usually confess more or less the same sins. I mean, it's a good thing that murder hasn't suddenly made the list. Um, we can be tempted. Uh, but uh, so if, if, and, and we keep confessing those sins. Again, it's good to confess them. That's great. But if we never get to the, the cause, the root, then we're always going to have the same fruit. If the, if the root and the trunk are bad, the fruit's always going to be bad. So we can keep confessing, getting rid of this bad fruit, okay, 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 over and over and over again. But when do we actually start to, to heal? When do we actually start to change? When does that root need to be withered out of us? When, does, when do we need to identify uh, what the problem is and cut that out if necessary or heal it if possible? Because if we don't fix the roots, the fruit will always be bad. So we're going back to, 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 to the idea of, of, of healing our foundations and our roots. Am I rooted in the Lord? Am I rooted? Do I want to be a person of love? You know, when I walk into a room, do I want to be a person who, despite how I actually feel, uh, want to love everyone there? Do I want to be a person of love? Or do I, do I choose what's comfortable? Do I choose what's easy? Do I want to be a person who forgives? Do I want to be a person who chooses joy? 
do I want these things? Am I striving for these things? Am I asking God for the grace to do these things? Otherwise, we can find ourselves having, having certain roots that, that aren't good and that the Lord really does need to, with our permission, wither. They need to, they need, they need to go. If we're rooted in ourselves in ungodly self-reliance, uh, the fruit won't be good because then we're not drawing from his grace anymore. We're not drawing from ourselves. And the good thing, the great thing is, is that the Lord wants to do this for us. He wants to heal us. He wants our healing. You think uh, Pope Benedict XVI said that healing, when understood correctly, is the foundation of, the, of all of the ministry of Jesus. Now, it's not just healing as in healing of, of, of physical illness. That's good and it's important and thank God for it. But there is something deeper, something more important. I mean, you can, have a, a, you can be ill and then receive a, a great healing from a healer or, or, or back in the day from Jesus himself. But the ultimate good is the healing of our soul because there's no point having a healed body that now allows us to go and sin some more. Maybe we might have been better off with a, a body that actually impeded our sinful actions. So having a, a, receiving a healing, the Lord will only allow that if it serves the greatest good, the greater good, which is that it leads us to heaven. There's no point getting healed just now, now that my, my body and everything works again, I can go off committing adultery. You're better off not healed. So Jesus will be, will be careful that when, when he grants any grace, that it serves the greatest good, which is eternal salvation. So the healing then that, that Pope Benedict XVI speaks about, he said the healing is the, 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 the deepest meaning of, of, of Jesus' ministry. Uh, he's not just talking about physical healing. The greatest thing that needs to be healed is, is a relationship, is our union, communion with God the Father. That, that needs to be healed. That needs to be nourished. That needs to be protected. So there's so much more to this uh, cursing of the fig tree than, than, than it seems. Like as, as I say, it's not about food. It's about the Lord showing to the apostles at times when something isn't bearing the right fruit or any fruit at all, there's something wrong with the root. And so in order for, in order for, to, to, to resolve the thing, well, sometimes the plant simply has to go. It's taken up, it's just wasting space. So at times there's something in our lives that needs to be withered to the root in order that, it, that, that good fruit can come or something replanted or rediscover. For example, the love of God for each one of us and then resting in that knowledge and love that we start to bear a different kind of fruit. Otherwise we stay stuck and wonder why. So we ask the Lord today. We give him permission to uproot whatever it needs to be changed in, in our foundation, in our core. We give him permission to heal. We give him permission to direct our lives towards a, a place of peace, towards maturity in love, that we can bear fruit of love. We ask you, Lord, to remove from our hearts any fear of healing. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to see in us our good intention, the best part of us, 
to nourish us and to prune us that we may bear fruit into eternal life. Amen. The following is a special appeal by Father Patrick Cahill. Dear brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us uh, for these homilies on YouTube or whatever podcast media you're listening to us on. Uh, it's a great privilege to be able to serve you all in this way. Uh, if I could ask you please to pray for us here in Holy Family Mission. We're heading into our eighth year of uh, faith formation for the young people who are attending here. And it's a great gift and privilege to be able to work here. But we would ask if you would pray for us and pray for all of our intentions here as well, that we can continue this work. And if you feel that Lord is in any way calling you or asking you to support us financially, we would greatly appreciate that too. So if you go onto our website, holyfamilymission.ie, there's a donate button there, and we'd greatly appreciate uh, your donations so that we can keep this work going. Uh, it does, unfortunately, cost uh, a bit to run this place, so uh, our, we greatly rely on our benefactors. And, of course, we play, pray for all of our benefactors' needs, especially on Wednesday, the day traditionally dedicated to St. Joseph, the Father of all providence. So thank you so much uh, in advance for your prayerful support and also for those who are able to uh, uh, assist us financially. We are immensely grateful. God bless you.